You're listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. I just aim to keep the discussion above the average. My guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today we will be speaking with someone I hold dear to the heart. My heart, that is. I've known this individual for what seems like a lifetime, and they continually inspire me in many ways. Someone who is self-motivated and driven, um, characteristics of hers that I admire um, is pretty much how she seamlessly adapts to any situation. Her journey is one that is special and courageous, so I asked her to join me on this um, episode today to share her story with us. She's also a friend worth living for. Not dying for, but living for. Our guest today is also a consultant. We're talking about the professional side of her. Um, She's an investor, an entrepreneur for sure. She's a woman of her word, and I have the most respect for her and trust her wholeheartedly. So please allow me to introduce and welcome my friend, my sister, Shelly Tavares. Welcome. Oh my goodness. So, wow, thank you. I almost like feel like I want to tear up right now, and I don't do that often. So, thank you. Oh my goodness. I hold you in such high regard, so that praise from you is just extraordinary to me. I'm just so blown away right now. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's the truth, honestly. Um, it's, it's how I view you. Uh, it's how I have you in mind on a regular basis it's and so it's it's i think that's the reason why i can't be upset with you (laughs) you know what i mean Um, that's a good thing (laughs) it it is it really is because i can find a reason to try and be upset but i'm like no because the relationship is actually worth more than me investing that time to try and find a reason to be upset when because if I respect you for who you are and what you do and how you do the things you do, then that's what it is. There's no ground. There's no space for me to then say, okay, I'm going to be upset with her because you haven't given reason to, you know? And so that's just what it is. This is how I feel about it. And you have to accept it. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I do want to say that it's funny that you say that, though, because I do feel that you are definitely one of the people that um, I learned um, about acceptance from, um, just because of how you have accepted me for me over the years. So, um, I really think it's funny you say that. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to begin with a quote. I'm going to share with you a quote, and I want you to share with me or the listeners, what comes to mind when you hear that quote, okay? Okay. So here it goes. Fear says it can't be done. Uncertainty says it shouldn't have been done. But belief without a doubt said, well done. Well, it makes my heart smile because I think it's true. Um... I think if you give in to your fears or disbeliefs that you'll never accomplish anything in life, I think none of the great inventions that exist today would be here if uh, those individuals said, no, I'm not going to try it. Fear is crippling, right? But if you give in to belief and you have faith, without a doubt, because people are going to try and tear you down, then you can accomplish great things. It doesn't mean that you're always right, but you can accomplish great things. Um, so it, it makes me smile. I think it's a true statement. And if you had to apply that or take that statement and reflect it on your life and your journey, how do you see it being applied or how have you applied something like this in in different areas? Um, Well, I've definitely had to conquer a lot of fear um, and stepping out of my comfort zone, uh, which I'm doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and with that, obviously, fear is your uncertainty, the things that you doubt about yourself, the things that you doubt that you can do. Um, and it's really saying, okay, no, I believe, well, for me, it's what's saying, I believe 
in myself. I believe in my ability to survive no matter where I am. Um, Cause as you know, I moved <laughs> from uh, Ontario to out uh, West Alberta. Um, and uh, just, just for everything else, like for business saying, yeah, you know what, I believe I can do this, whether or not, whatever the outcome is, I believe I can do it. I believe I'm going to try. So it's really kind of applying it that way. Now you mentioned your move from Ontario to Calgary. Yes. Can we shed a little <laughs> bit of light on that? Because... Because I'm so blown away. I know the story, but I want the listeners to kind of follow along because there's a reason why I'm asking that. Um, first of all, why? Why the move from Ontario to Calgary? Um, for me, I had learned what I needed to learn in Ontario. I had lived there um, pretty much my whole life. You know, my friends, family, everyone was there. But I felt like I was at a point where I had learned what I needed to learn. Um, I knew that there was opportunity for growth, even though it was uncomfortable. Because when when I thought of coming to Alberta at the time, you think, oh, it's going to be farmland and not much. And like, you know, you have a different concept of it um, than what it is. And I was just, I didn't have the experience. I was going off of other people's experience. And it was kind of like, okay, I can either make a move, try um, something different that's going to cause me to grow or I can stay in the same place and feel stifled, which I didn't want to do. So I I decided to um, bite the bullet, <laughs> right. uh, sell some stuff, <laughs> pack up and uh, do a cross-country uh, trip, <laughs> which was amazing, by the way. Wow. But, yeah. <laughs> so. Now, where was the fear in, in coming to that decision? Um, well, it was like giving up, obviously, my support system, um, because like I said, I grew up in uh, Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone I knew, all my close friends, family, everybody was there. Don't get me wrong. I had, um, uh, some, I knew some people out here and I had family out here too, but it was still not the, as much. It wasn't uh, the same. And two, it was kind of like, it was just everything I knew right. <laughs> up to that point. So um, it was just scary to think, okay, uh, here we are. First of all, we're going to travel across Canada, something I've never done before. Right. Um, well, part of Canada. <laughs> and then um, just planning that. And then we're going to travel somewhere that I have no idea really what it's like and start fresh, not knowing anyone. So it was just scary in that sense. But like I said, it was the start of my whole vantage point or paradigm shifting right um so it was good and so the the uncertainty did that were there any um you know things that kind of came through your mind that made you slow down the process a little bit at all like so you had the fear of obviously moving and leaving your support system but then there's always i find there's always some sort of uncertainty about is this the right decision um you know, am I doing the right thing? Do I need my support system like completely over there with me? And what's that going to look like? I don't know if I'm going to be able to do what I'm thinking I'm going to do. Any of that uncertainty, did that delay you by a day? I don't know, a week before you made that decision? A year? Um, It did. Uh, but there was also like other circumstances. I had other um, considerations, but I'd say like about a couple months before I thought about it and then I delayed and then I was like no I'm going to do this I just made a decision and I was like no I'm going to do this and once I decided that was it but yeah there was definitely some delay like okay maybe if I do this or do that but I still like I said felt stifled I felt like I had reached my limit for growth and I just needed a new environment in order to really step out and bloom if that makes sense yeah yeah. Um, so it was don't hem and haw. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of the book called Move, Move My Cheese, but um, hem and haw. So it was like, don't hem and haw and just go and do it. Wow. So, so the minute you decided, okay, I'm going to go and do it. Mm-hmm. Was there something that came over you that 
allowed you to just say, you know what, this is it. There's no looking back. I'm done. Yeah, it was a piece in my decision. I felt at peace. I felt like this was the right move, even though I felt nervous and um, scared. Right. Don't get me wrong. I pushed through it anyway because I felt overall that this was the right decision. That's it. And and I the reason why I pushed for you to give me that information is because I want the listeners to recognize that we all experience that. And a lot of people don't feel like, you know, they look at other people's stories or situations and they think, oh, this person's just different and they're able to do it because of who they are uh, and they got some sort of magical gifts or abilities that they don't have. But it's not true. Like we all have those moments where there's fear. There's always going to be fear. And yeah, you sure. either decide to use it to your advantage or let it be your crutch, right? And then there's that that space that follows fear, which is that uncertainty because you want to make the move, but then you're in that space, the gray area, and you're kind of thinking, do I do it? Do I not? I'm not sure. Not just of myself, but the results. Am I going to actually achieve those results? And that usually ends up keeping us back if we, mm-hmm. you know, we get comfortable or we, we get afraid of that space but then there's that moment if you're able to make it through that space it's almost like you're walking through a hollow hallway i i I like to describe it you're afraid to enter because it's dark and then when you're in there you're like "Ooh, i'm not sure what's coming up next and i can turn around and go back or i can keep going but then when you make it through that threshold there's that voice that says this is it there's no turning back and then you kind of go through with it and i think that's what you kind of described for us with your journey, with just making that move. And I think it's important for people to recognize that you still have to listen to your inner voice. You have to trust yourself and bet on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not an easy journey. Oh, no. um, At all. But it's definitely a worthwhile one. Yeah. When you were talking, you mentioned a few things that I want to kind of spend a little bit of time on. You mentioned support system. And... I want to take it a step back. How important is family to you? Um, I'd say very, actually. Um, for me, I feel like my family has formed a lot of my entrepreneurial views, believe it or not. And um, also just how I do loyalty and also some of my communication habits, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether that be good or bad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I feel like they've, they've formed like a lot of my, my foundational views for sure. And so when, when we talk about family, what roles do you think, this is just your opinion, um, what roles do you think family should play in our lives in order uh, to bring the best out of us? You know, I think funny enough, um, a lot of families have like people who, are super supportive, super involved, extended family, I'm thinking. And I'm just um, going off of uh, what I've experienced. Right. Um, so that's how I'd apply that. <laughs> but a lot of families um, have like extended support, like from extended support systems. And I find um, that is ideal just because as much as you learn from your parents directly, you also learn a lot from your aunts, your uncles, um, Uncle John, who isn't really uncle, but is a close friend of the family down the street. Right. You learn different lessons from each person and you can take different things, right? You might admire um, Uncle John, using him as an example for uh, what he does in his business. But then you admire your aunt's creativity or, or whatever the case is. They each teach you different things. So I think extended family is um, like definitely a good thing. And okay. I think that it, it can help. Um, expose you as a child to like so many different views and and help you view the world differently or see it for the huge place that it is. What if I don't have or I don't know that extended family? Um, Then I'd say find find support systems outside of that. I think good friendships make a difference too. Right. because for for me, I have friends that are like family, <laughs> right, right. that are family, not even like family, that are family, um, and that's been support systems that I've had since I was a kid or high school, and and they've definitely um, helped learn or taught me different things as well, and helped me learn 
can make me focus. So I think it's just really finding people who fill that role in your life, whether they be blood or not. Okay. I'm going backwards a bit because we kind of jumped right into it with your move because you brought it up. But I'm going to backtrack and that's why I'm I'm doing the background stuff now with family and just to give the listeners an idea of who Shelly is and what your experiences have been and, and whatnot. But what's your background, like ethnicity-wise, culture? Um, <clears throat> where are you from originally or, or which part of the, you know, the, the globe do you identify with as, as where um, you're from? I'm a Jamaican-Canadian. Okay. <laughs> and that's because I feel like I got the best of both worlds. Now, do you identify with one side more than the other? Um, I definitely identify. Um, hmm, that's a tough question, actually. But I definitely identify culturally Jamaican. Um, but I also identify Canadian because I was raised here. Um, but in terms of, like, a lot of my morals and... Um, foods and things like that. I definitely identify more Jamaican. Ah, yeah, because the flavor. We need the flavor. We can't. <laughs> the spices, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we can't just do the boiled potatoes with no seasoning. We just we can't do it. <laughs> now I want to go back to high school. Oh. Yes, high <laughs> the golden era, right? What What was Shelley like in high school? I'm curious. I was quiet. Um, I'd even say, well, I, I wouldn't say shy, um, but I did have my shy moments, but I was quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very much like I am today. I liked to keep, uh, my private life private. <laughs> so very much uh, similar, um, there, but, um, and I'd say that I was, uh, I tried to be a focused student. <laughs> What do you mean tried? <laughs> well, I feel as though sometimes um, I wasn't as entertained by the curriculum, mm-hmm. but I definitely tried to, obviously. Um, like when I was engaged in my courses, I was very engaged. But when I wasn't, then it was almost like pulling teeth to get me to focus on it. So, so I was that kind of student. <laughs> so what what distracted you, though? If you weren't focused on the school, what was your distraction? It was, it was a matter of whether I was interested in the content or not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so if you weren't interested, what did you do? You just kind of daydreamed? Just, yeah. You kind of, like, didn't focus in it on it. Didn't do your homework as much. Like, you do it sloppy. So that was, yeah. Um, but I learned that later in life that um, that's not the way to handle those things. <laughs> so. At what point did you kind of have the aha moment that I need to straighten up? Um, I'd say definitely when I got yelled at by my mom. <laughs> <laughs> what grade was that? Um, I would say that's about grade nine. I, I my midterms were in that grade, and she was like, "Yeah, it was a very, very um." Oh, so you, were, so you were good after that then i'm assuming oh well, yeah i really i really made efforts after that yes yeah. oh. <laughs> so. my gosh well i spent most of my time in from grade nine to the maybe the first couple of months of grade 11 i was spending a lot of time with my vice principal yeah, oh I was, boy yeah i was i was i was that kid like i just get in trouble just because I didn't want to be in the classroom. And um, I actually got into a lot of fights in school. Like, and really? I, yeah, I was, I was a little scrapper. I tried, you know, I tried to express myself in in other ways. Uh, but I learned. I had, a, I had a really great teacher who kind of came to my rescue and, and helped me out quite a bit. But, um, yeah, no, I was that kid, man. I just... I was angry, right? So I had to take it out somehow, some way. So I didn't, I didn't yeah. straighten up until grade eleven, I would say. What made you um, decide to get straight? <laughs> uh, you know what? It was because I, I, I realized I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. Um, mm. I, I knew I could do better as a student, but what prevented me from doing it was the fact that. I think what I was hanging on to, I was angry at my father. Gotcha. And so that anger is what showed up 
no matter what it was. You could have looked at me wrong or said something that wasn't even intentional and I'm in your face kind of thing. And and I would obviously be the one that's, you know, getting sent down to the office because I'm the aggressor mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. So that didn't help me out. And then it actually didn't happen. The transition didn't happen for me until I had a I got a new art teacher and she was younger. So she understood the students. The previous one was much older. She was an older lady and she didn't really have the connection because she was like in her 60s or something like that. Uh, but this new teacher that came in, she got us like she understood. She understood um, how to speak to young people. She also understood the neighborhood that we grew up in. So that made it easier for us to kind of communicate with her. And um, yeah, she just got me. And then so because she got me, she had conversations with me and then kind of stared me off the track that I was on and actually kind of pushed me towards poetry and writing to let that anger out. Wow. Yeah. And so, and then that kind of helped me out. And and it's funny because that year I became, you know, an A student and got on honor rolls and, and all that good stuff, which I didn't see myself. Yeah. It was a full (laughs) one eighty, you know, and I just ran with it. So yeah, no, there's always a moment. There's always a moment. Um, so I want to, I want to fast forward again, back to where we were before we did the backstory. Cause I wanted to get a little bit of backstory in for the listeners so that they had an idea who Shelly was. Um, okay. how long has it been since you moved to Calgary? Wow. I'd actually say I'm, I'm about a decade in now. My gosh, you don't miss us at all. eh? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I really believed at one point that I was going to um, move back to uh, Ontario like a year after. And then I realized that once you're, once you move, it's just free and you, you feel like now it's easier to live anywhere. You have any regrets at all? Uh, no. I like that. That's good. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> what were some of the lessons, though, that you've um, that you've learned from your Calgary experience? Um, like even whether it's about you yourself, your character, um, or just the culture change and things like that. I've learned that Canada is beautiful. Um, I know that might not be what you'd expect to hear, but I've learned that. Um, Canada has everything, uh, from mountains to prairies to deserts, if you want to um, call the sand, the dune sand. Um, but more so, you wouldn't think, so when you think of like America, you think of like Texas, you hear the difference in the accent from Louisiana, it's kind of easier to differentiate. But I, I find that Canada has like a lot of like different pockets of culture from um, Toronto to even like Barry to Quebec or Montreal to um, Saskatoon to BC or like Vancouver. Like it's, I find that like there's so much different like culture, right. little pockets of culture. And, and, and it's nice because I think the more you're exposed to it, it, it the more it changes your perspective. And um, I find that being out here initially was hard. Uh, just because Toronto is so diverse, <laughs> right? And um, out here wasn't as diverse, okay. Initially, um, but uh, and and that didn't matter per se. But I found that it forced me to have more uncomfortable conversations um, with other people just about uh, race and and culture and and through having those conversations, it really like broadened my understanding and I think their understanding. And I find that those interactions are really helpful um, in terms of growth, my personal growth. So okay. I'd, I'd say that. <laughs> um, and just um, in terms of my, my skill level and stepping out and learning new things and, and stepping out into um, your passions and making that into a business, I think I've, I've learned that too. Okay. And what were, what are, what are some of your passions that you felt that you've been able to discover since you've been uh, there? Definitely health and nutrition. <laughs> so um, I'd say it's one of the key ones. So it, is that just learning about it or practicing it as well? Um, both. 
Okay. Is there a nugget you can give us? Like any quick tips about some of the things that we might be doing that we can change to help better our health moving forward? Something small, anything that you can kind of give that you've, you've discovered on your journey on, on health and nutrition. Um, just be aware. Uh, a lot of times we just, we go into the supermarket, we just grab things. We don't actually look at the ingredients on the box. Be aware of what you're eating. Um, there's a lot of artificial sweeteners. There's a lot of, there's a lot of unhealthy things in our food. And we just, if you're more cautious of what you're eating or what it does to your, to your body, then you're able to make better decisions, right? And um, in doing that, listen to your body. Like, if you're craving something, uh, like if you're craving, for instance, chocolate a lot, you maybe just um, think, hmm, maybe I'm lacking something nutrition-wise. And in that case, it could be magnesium, right? Like, there's so many different reasons. But if you're lacking something, just think maybe there's there's a reason behind it that's not um, evident, but uh, definitely could be nutrition based. So just like kind of listen to your body and, and, uh, try and learn more about what it might be missing. So I'm addicted to potato chips. (laughs) 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 So I'm just putting it out there. I'm addicted to potato chips and what can I do to curb this addiction? Because, you know, it comes with the munchies. Sometimes it just comes because I see it. Are you addicted to, to, to salty or sweet? Or, like, it's sweet? Not sweet. Like, it's, like, I'm talking, okay. like, Doritos, sometimes just Lay's, chips, um, you know, whatever is available, I'll eat it. But if I don't have any potato chips, I'm not a big cookie fan. I used to be, but mm-hmm. it's the chips. How do I get rid of the chips? You know what? There's, okay, so I know most people will be like, oh, well, you know, um, you got to have discipline here or this or there. But I believe that you make healthy choices in the things that you love. So, for instance, I know that I love muffins, right? Mm -hmm. But I make um, beet muffins. (laughs) Mm. So I replace it with something healthier. So, like, for a chip. Um, you can actually get uh, alternative wheat that are healthier for chips. But that said, maybe like instead of, you know, if you're eating from the whole bag, maybe instead of eating like a bunch, just take like a couple, kind of satisfy the craving, drink some water. Like you get it in your head, like, you know, um, saturate yourself with water and then feel full from there. But like there's little little tricks that if I find for each person, it's going to be something different. So you kind of have to figure out what works for you. Right. right. So I can't. So a lot of people would be like, starter, don't do it, don't eat this. But I'm like, supplement it with something healthy. All right. I'm going to give it a shot. My goal right now is to try not to eat a whole bag in one sitting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so definitely a couple chips and, and some water. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a problem. I know I got a problem. <laughs> now, so you've been out there for over a decade. And. What have you accomplished? Because I know you're an entrepreneur. What are some of the businesses that you've embarked on um, since you've been out there? Um, so definitely, well, talking about nutrition, I've done um, a health food stores. That's one. Okay. Um, and definitely uh, consulting, as you mentioned. Awesome. Um, and that has been the main uh, vein. <laughs> um, and I've definitely gotten quite a bit of experience from both I'd say okay obviously some investing but that's I wouldn't consider that more entrepreneurial and then I have some other little gems that are uh, being forged but I, I'll keep those close to the heart for now <laughs> okay okay so in in the background you're doing some other things as well mm-hmm. awesome so the nutrition how long were you so was it a store that you owned was it um yeah, so it was a health food market, um, actually. So it was supplements um, and food, organic food. And um, that was actually within, in Saskatoon or Saskatchewan. Uh, so it was definitely 
even more so a different market for me. And it was also, again, completely out of my comfort zone. Um, not so much of a support uh, system out there, but I definitely was, I like, I learned a lot about the economy. I was definitely involved in the community. Um, so it was a very interesting experience. Nice. Um, because I, again, it teaches you to really learn to appreciate the different uh, cultures and cities in, in Canada. Right. And Saskatchewan is very friendly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So was it difficult getting into that business or like what were some of the, the I guess, the roadblocks? And, and cause I'm trying to paint a picture for anybody listening that's thinking about trying to actually start a business, right? Um, I think it was easier just because we, well, I had a partner. Um, so I think at first it felt easier uh, because of that. Okay. Um, but I wish that there was a lot, like I said, there was a lot of good lessons and um, um, actually all good lessons because even the things that were more painful <laughs> in terms of um, learning, I found that they benefit me now. Right. Um, I learned that you definitely need to make sure that you have a good partner when you're going into business. Okay. Um, you want to make sure that it's someone that you trust. You want to make sure that you're both putting in sweat equity or you're both, you have, whatever the agreement is, that you're both fulfilling um, the terms of that. And I think that's a key thing because that can make or break you. Right. And that was one of the things that I definitely learned. Um, and I feel like when you're getting into something, sometimes we, again, we pause too long before we jump in. Um, and sometimes you actually need to just be willing to start running and learning on the fly. And that was one of the things that I definitely learned. I deep dived, it was deep dived, sorry, it was such a big learning curve for me. And I, I didn't hesitate to get onto YouTube, thank God for um, <laughs> YouTube learning and free courses yeah. <laughs> online because I soaked them all in. Everything from even like um, the show, like the sharks and the profit and just like key things that they mention about knowing your numbers and um, which is so important right. and um, knowing your, your market. Um, like I listen to a lot of like even like uh, Gary Vee marketing, guerrilla marketing things I read. I, the library became my friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, and whatever PDFs I could find online, I was trying to read those too. So it was just like a, a steep learning curve, but it was just kind of like I, there was a point where you just decide you're you're going to do this and you're going to do it as the best as you can right? Um, with the information that you have. Um, because going half-assed is, is just not the way to go when you're getting into something. Right. There's no shortcuts. You couldn't cut corners. Like you just mentioned, you had to go and do all that research, learn that curve. That was, you know, it took time. But it's an investment. It's a part of the investment. Yeah, for sure. And learning to pivot, um, that was definitely one of the things that I learned too. Um, I've learned now to pivot faster. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to interrupt for a second. What, sure. do you, what do you mean when you say learning to pivot? Can you elaborate a little bit just so we don't go sure. over anybody's so heads? So learning when something isn't working and then quickly identifying what it is and moving to fix it. Not getting stuck in the, oh, woe is me. Because um, you can't do that. You right. have to identify quickly, okay, is this working for the business? If it isn't working, what am I going to do now? Um, or is this working for me, even as an individual? Because you have to make sure that you're on top of your game too and you're growing. And if it isn't, then what do I need to do? Because your habits will make or break you um, with entrepreneurship, right? And just in life. And if you find that you, your habit or whatever it is is no longer working, it's now causing you to lose money or it's causing you to um, suffer in your growth, then you need to face that and change it. Right. So I find like pivoting, being able to like accept things and, and change is, is important. That's critical. I think being able to identify, you know, challenges or things that need to be fixed or adjusted. Because mm -hmm. otherwise you, you, you're basically going to stay on the same ship and it's sinking and you know it's sinking, you know where the hole is, but you're not willing to plug it or fix it and... You're just going to sit and be like, well, it might be three hours. You know what? That's three hours. I can still do something else. Meanwhile, your ship's sinking. Yeah. Right? So it's. I think that's a great um, lesson and advice that you shared with us. I really appreciate that. 
And then you also mentioned something as you were talking. You said pause too long. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I, I think other people have coined the term um, analysis paralysis where you, you overthink, you overanalyze, and you don't actually take any action. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then right I've after, definitely been guilty of it myself. So, <laughs> Right? Like we, we have those moments, right? Because we're not yeah. sure, we're doubting, or we're second-guessing, is it the best idea? And sometimes you don't need the best idea, right? No. And and it goes to your other point. You said learn on the fly. And there's a quote that, you know, in one of our episodes I shared with, um, you know, the guest that was on that show. And, and it's by Jeffrey Fry. And he says, when you are not sure what to do, take action. You'll quickly find out. I like that. <laughs> and, and it's true. You got to just take action. We don't have to be the expert in anything that we're trying to pursue or get into, but get into it. And I learned that yeah. from, from um, a wonderful book that I read by Seth Godin. And I think it's, it's called This Is Marketing. But mm. he kind of pushed me because he said, just ship. Right. And that's the thing that the statement that he made, he says, just ship, meaning get whatever it is that you're working on out there, ship it, get it to the people. Yeah. Right. Set a deadline, whether it's ready in your eyes or not, ship it, get it to them. Let them be the judge of whether it's done or not, and then take their feedback to make a revision, a revised version of it. So essentially you're getting free feedback. It doesn't cost you anything. They're going to hate it and they're going to give you the feedback. Then, you know, great, I'm going to make adjustments on this product or this service that I'm offering and I can give it back to them by, you know, responding to their, their, their feedback. And now I have a, a better product, but at least it's out there and they know about it. But when it's in my head and stays in my head and I don't ship it like most of us do, because, you know, we're extremely sensitive and protective of our, our creatives, our creativity and, and things that we, we create. And ideas that we have because we don't want somebody to steal it. But you got to get it out there in order to find out whether it's actually a legitimate thing. And people respect or appreciate or don't appreciate it. Exactly. You know, rather than spending yeah. all this time and money and trying to make it perfect. And you get it out there and it bombs. Now you're devastated because you invested all this money and time and energy into it. And it, you know, it didn't go the way you wanted the launch didn't work out. Now you're like, oh, I'm a failure. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. Oh, right? That's the thing. You can't give up either. <laughs> no, no, that's not an option. It can't yeah. be an option. Right. But I, I like that you mentioned that, that, you know, you can't pause too long and that um, you got to learn on the fly. You got to be willing to learn um, on the fly. And that's the way most people do it. Right. They don't know until they get into that, that realm or that room. Now, the consulting, you're still doing that. How did that come about? Because I didn't see that come in before you moved out there. Um, well, it actually started from uh, Toronto. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's because I was, I was, well, this was, I kind of decided, you know what, it's going to be sink or swim. Um, I'm going to go out there and get myself some contracts so that I could, um, well, one, I wanted to, I didn't like just the nine to five. Um and I wanted more control of my schedule, and I wanted to uh, really tie into my more entrepreneurial spirit okay. um, and develop it. So it was kind of like, uh, well, I was, at the time I had read um, <laughs> Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, so I was very much just kind of saying, okay, this is my vision, so this is what I'm going to do to kind of, again, step out of my comfort zone and, and get comfortable with. Um, being an entrepreneur. So it was one of the things that I did. I was, so I was doing recruiting um, for a smaller company, but they were, they're funny enough, they were doing tech. And I mentioned that right now because that is uh, one of the areas that I am learning at the moment so that I can also uh, move into that area, the consulting. So um, it, was, it was just overall a good um, experience in terms of, again, getting out of my comfort zone and, and starting to consult and starting to learn how to bring in my own contracts or um, be comfortable in my experience and um, my skill. Right. Now, is there a specific area that you consult in? Uh, it was more administrative. 
um, and coordination. So, and then um, when I've moved out here, it became more like project um, and cost control. Okay. So kind of uh, looking at uh, overall the project, everything that's involved in the project from administration down to the cost, uh, down to document management even. Um, so, and that works for me because I love touching every area. Okay. <laughs> Um, but right now it's more, uh, looking at, uh, technology, um, nice. and just, uh, user experience design. So, uh, that's been very interesting, um, and, uh, continues to be in content as well. Um, as you know, <laughs> so. nice. And what's yeah. the name of your, um, consulting company? Oh, a link, a link, link. Yes. L-I-N-C. L-I-N-C. It's not an acronym, is it? No, it is not. <laughs> Link. So check it out. We'll, we'll get some more information about that. Um, and we'll definitely have it, you know, posted. If there's any information that, you know, Shelly wants to share with the, our listeners and things like that. About the business that she's into and the things that she's been involved in as well. Now, is there anything you would have done differently in the business, um, in the nutrition business that you were in that didn't pan out the way you had envisioned it originally when you got in? Any um, thing you would have done differently that you know now that you didn't know then? Um, definitely, like I said, uh, looking at the partner, I would definitely have gone in um, differently with, I, I think having a partner um, and having partners that you can build with is very important. Um, but again, I believe having the right partner is important and really making sure that you guys have an agreement um, that you've dealt with the legalities is also an important thing. I know a lot of us tend to uh, just do the handshake system, but make sure that you've got your I's and cross your T's. But I definitely believe in if you are not the best at it, if you cannot do it with A or A plus, then try and delegate it and get comfortable with that. Um, just because it frees you up to really keep the vision um, and also uh, build that vision and feed into it versus doing like the everyday stuff. So definitely learn to delegate. I, I like that. So in other words, if I'm not the best at this, let me get somebody else to do it. Uh, yeah. Who is actually better than me at that? And, yeah. but keep in mind, people, if you're listening to this, it doesn't mean you get someone who does it for free because you're also, you know, quality comes with the price, right? So if you are trying to delegate and get somebody else to take on a task, respect their craft as well and pay them, pay them because yeah. their time is valuable um, and you value their skill set. So with that respect, make sure you pay them accordingly. Um, you know, nothing's free in this world. And favors have strings attached to them. So eventually that person is going to come collect. So just keep that in mind. Respect yourself by respecting the other person on the other end and pay them accordingly. Right. Um, before we move on, I just want to share something that I think, you know, as people, we anticipate the future and and what we anticipate in our future often identifies our present. Right. We often live out our beliefs. Uh, whether we agree with that or not, but just pay closer to closer attention to how you see the world, right? And how you see the world, how you see other people um, and things like that is often reflective of how you conduct yourself. So if I think a certain group is, you know, shady or an individual I'm not a fan of, I'm going to, my actions are going to show whether I'm trying to fake it or not. At some point it's going to come out, right? These are my belief systems and it comes across in conversations or the way I carry myself. So be aware of that as well. I put in a small segment called uh, Thinking Out Loud. Mm -hmm. So in this segment, I got a question which has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. And I want to get your quick response on it. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, <laughs> okay. Are you ready? We're back. <laughs> We're getting back to it. Okay. All right. So um, here's the Thinking Out Loud segment. And uh, the question I have for Shelly is, would you rather have an extra $700 a month or an extra two hours a day? Huh, two hours a day. 
Why? Because uh, then I can generate it myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I can take that. I like that. I like that. You know, it's funny. Most people might look at the, the, the $700 and be more tempted to take that. No, you know what? I honestly, okay, like that's that's a real answer because you can definitely do a lot with your time. You can generate whatever you want with your time, but um, time to me is more valuable because you can't get it back once it's gone. That's it. Whatever you spent it on, that's it. It's gone. That's it. So time to me is just so valuable. That's it. Two hours a day is what she'll take because she knows what <laughs> she can do with that. That's a huge lesson right there. So. Keep that in mind. Play it back. Write it down. Whatever you need to do, but get it on a wall in your in your space. That's a reminder, right? Time is something you can never get back. So utilize it wisely. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So we are gonna move on a little bit more. I want to dive in a little bit more and open with the question for you: What worries you the most? Not reaching my fullest potential and living my best life. Hmm. But how do you know if you got to that point? Like, how do you know when you've, you know, when you're in that space where you're living your best life? What does that look like even? Well, to me, living my best life means that I've made a change. I've made a difference. I've made the impact um, that I want to make. I've I've seen something that I feel is an injustice in the world, I've made some type of contribution, no matter how small, to that. So you're, you're talking about impact on other people's lives? On or... just impact in my direct family life? Well, well for me, mm-hmm. living my... So for me, again, I, I'll mention seven habits um, because there's a, a section in there where you it actually challenges you to do your vision, vision statement for your life. Um, hmm. So I actually have different areas of my life and I've written out different, and it's a lot of deep thinking, uh, different vision statements that I have for each area. Um, so to me, it would be kind of aspiring to know that I've, I've accomplished that, to know that I've done my best at that every day, um, to know that at the end of the day, I can look back if I'm, I have the opportunity to like reflect before I go, um, before I draw my last breath, I can look back and say, I didn't hesitate to do the things in my life that I wanted to do. I took chances, I took risks, I didn't give in to fear, I didn't succumb to it, um, and I, I did it to the best of my ability. Then I know that I've, I've lived a full life. Nice. But and then to me that's what you want to be able to do so to me because you don't know how long you have you want to do that almost pretty much every day right. um so it's just like a constant almost like a check just like a gratitude and a check and say okay today i'm going to do my best mm-hmm. like what can i do today to make sure that i've done my best in this life right um, and these are questions that you ask yourself often oh yeah <laughs> Right. And what are you interested in, but you have yet to try? When you look at your life, what what are some of the things that you, you know... Parasailing? Say it again? Parasailing? (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. I probably know what you think, but yeah. I definitely want to try that. That looks fun. You already jumped Um, out of a plane, didn't you? I don't think we should get into that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> I think I told you you were crazy, but yeah, that's... You know what? You say that until you do it. It is one of the most amazing experiences. It's, again, having the fear and pushing through anyways. It's amazing. Amazing. I believe that. I believe that. Okay, parasailing. Nice. And... <laughs> No, like I, I'm, I'm not surprised anymore after, after I found out you did that. So I'm like, okay, it's got to be something crazy. Um, but I definitely see how it can be liberating and, and life changing. Yeah. Um, so I can see that. And what do you like most about yourself? Um, 
that I'm willing to learn. The reason why I ask that question is because I'm always trying to think about um, somebody listening to the show. And I have a lot of conversations with different people, random people sometimes, and people that are close to me. And these are questions that people don't actually spend time trying to answer. Much less even whether it even um, crosses their mind or anything like that. Because, And I want them to be aware of that. Because oftentimes I find in the West Hemisphere, we are so distracted by so many things and and the clock or a watch tells us what to do and we don't even give ourselves a second to process why we're doing what we're doing and so that question to me is one that i want anybody listening to really ask themselves that because in this era in this generation right now no one is thinking about themselves as far as how they love themselves and whether they like themselves everybody's looking at the other person on a screen or across from them and trying to emulate their lifestyle or envy their lifestyle or what they look like their appearance whatever it is everybody seems to want what someone else has and isn't looking at what they are what they already have and what they're blessed with right and that's why i asked you that question because i i just want to you know people to hear from somebody else not just me um and so can I, can I add something to that yeah that of mind. one of the things uh you know I'm, I'm really blessed to have some amazing friends i do have to say that um and one of my girls uh she actually suggested to me um that she was doing an appreciation jar and this is one of the things that i find that helps you to kind of get out of that hmm. um thinking and get into a, thing, a mindset of appreciation and each day just pick something from your day Something that made you laugh, the, the sun coming up, just the moment of, of, of calm, I guess, you know, it, it seems to be a bad day. And actually jot down your thanks for that. And it's funny because when you start to do that, it gets you to pause for a moment, be in the present, and be thankful. And then that becomes a practice for you if you continue, like, just do that for 30 days. And then it, it will just start to become a practice for you. Wow, that is the cool thing. I think I I give that a shot myself. I I think it's something I used to do in the past, but I fell off. So I'm gonna definitely start doing that again. Um, just a message for the people listening now: difficulties in life are intended to make you better, not bitter. Right. So keep mm -hmm. that in mind. Difficulties in life is intended to make you better, not bitter. Right. Um. And that's something that I agree with. But for the listeners, again, for every kid or parent out there that's uh, listening to this segment, um, it's critical information that I think we're getting from Shelly today. And I want you guys to recognize that uh, the lessons, the life lessons, the gems, the experiences that she's shared with us so far. Um, listen, that's just great information, right? I just want people to make sure that you take away as much as you can from from the, uh, the show. And please leave a comment, um, you know. Uh, anything, anything that you found inspiring or or a message that really hit home for you, um, share that with us. We'd like to engage with you on the show as much as possible. So don't forget to uh, continue to support us by doing that. Just leaving a comment so that we, we know that you're actually engaged and that you're interested in what we're talking about. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you. So there are different stages in life that we embark on right and what are some of those good things that you've discovered about yourself as you keep learning sometimes you think that especially like with uh like moving and and, and and things like that like you or even just things that happen in life you think that you're not going to be able to make it out to the other end and funny enough that's not the case there's always there's always a ray of um, sunlight. So I found that I'm more resilient that, um, especially like with being an entrepreneur, <laughs> the buck stops with you. Right. <laughs> so there are some, some tough days and there are some great days, but you have to, you have to learn to like keep moving 
again, like I said, I've learned that I'm resilient. Right. So that has been a valuable lesson because now it, it also boosts me to know that no matter what comes, I will be able to get through it. I just have to remember that. Nothing is permanent. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Nothing lasts forever. So I like that. And what has been some of the most challenging, I don't want to say bad, but some of the most challenging discoveries um, that you have encountered over the years? Um, so again, I, I think perspective is everything. So there have been things that, yes, have definitely happened that weren't the best experience. Um, I've learned that, unfortunately, sometimes uh, people will disappoint you. Um, but you can't hold it against them, so to speak. And let me explain. Um, you have to understand where people are at. And you have to understand where you maybe even were at at that moment. And you have to learn to let that go, grow from it, and move on. Because um, when you hold on to things, it just the only person that it affects at that point is you. Because sometimes the other person doesn't even know that there's an issue. Right. Um, but also, you have to hold people accountable as well. Um, you have to, if somebody does something that is, uh, well, from dishonest or um, that violates the terms of an agreement or whatever the case is, you have to hold them accountable for their actions and you have to set your boundaries and you have to say, okay, this is enough. Um, this is what we agreed to. This is what we're going to do. Or you know, you can't be in my life anymore or, you know, you are in my life, but you're in my life and you're in, I'm asking you to respect this. Um, but it's almost like you hold people accountable and you hold yourself accountable and you show respect for others and you show respect for yourself. Um, so definitely, uh, come, I definitely learned that. Um, <laughs> and yeah. But that's not easy. I mean, holding somebody else accountable and then holding yourself, like how do, how does, how do we do that? Like, how do I hold somebody else accountable for their actions? I, I can't control their actions. No, I'm not saying that, you know, because sometimes you won't get an apology. Sometimes you won't get um, even <laughs> acknowledgement that uh, they did something. But you have to know within yourself, because a lot of times we tend to take things on that we shouldn't. Right. That is not about us. Right. So you have to understand, and again, this is honest conversation. This is looking at yourself, as uh, Michael would say, look at the man in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got you to sit down and you, you got to look and you got to say, okay, this is what I did. This is what I am responsible for. Right. This is what I, I can accept, um, responsibility and change. This is also realistically, and again, there's always three sides, your side, the other person's side and the reality. Um, but then you, you, from your perspective, when you're doing this, you say, this is what I believe that was done. This is what I believe the issue is. And you really allow that person, mm-hmm. <laughs> fiction, fictional, obviously, if this isn't a conversation, yeah. to, to have that fault in a sense, and you let it go because you can't control it. It's right. not in your control. You let it go and you move on because either you're going to talk to the person in real, real life and fix it, or you guys have decided that you've gone your separate ways. So you, you just, you have to work within your, within yourself and within your reality and you have to learn to move on from things. But again, that means having the emotional health to, um, <laughs> have fictional conversations, I guess, and let things go. Yeah, um, but you got to work on it. This is yeah. something that requires practice. Like it's not something you just wake up and say, "I'm going to do this today. I'm going to hold everybody accountable." You... A lot of practice, right. and it's something that you'll be doing pretty much for the rest of your life in reality, because it happens all the time, right? right. So <laughs> now, what would you say has become? your newfound truth about who you are or who you've become and uh, how does that differ from the person you used to be? Um, for me, I find 
that the thing that most defines me for a person who I am is when you know better, you do better. Um, and I say that because I find that there was a point in my life when I didn't know as many things and I, and I acted accordingly. And now um, I know more and I, and I act accordingly. And when I say I know more, I mean I've done more self-work, I've done more self-reflection, I've learned about who I am, I've learned my likes, my dislikes, um, and I'm, I'm comfortable in it. And because of that, I act accordingly. Um, so I, I, I find that, again, like I said, when you know better, you do better. Um, and that, I think, kind of sums, sums, sums it up. Awesome. So my opinion is... I think people should sing like they're in the shower, right? Love, like heartbreaks don't exist. Dance, like you are the pioneer of every dance move and live like tomorrow is promised, but with one less ability that you have. Hmm. Okay, okay. Right? And I think if if people can kind of look at life that way, you won't take time for granted. That's very true. You won't take yourself for granted, you know. Um, and I think too often people do that. Too often I see other people just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And when you're going through the motions, you might as well be sleepwalking because that's exactly what you're doing. A lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of zombies out there, you know, and um, I hope people take heed to that because you have to sing like no one's listening. And if they are, great. Don't care what they think, <laughs> right? Like, you know, and that's just that, how I kind of grown to I've grown, come into my own to, to function. I can't worry about what the next person thinks about me or of me or what I'm doing because they don't provide the happiness that I have. And that's a bar. But you know what? I have to say, that's, a, that's hard to do today because social media can be brutal. It's very hard. And, <laughs> and that's why I think people need to spend more time finding out who they are. Yeah. And that's not easy. No, it's definitely work. And, and you know what? It's not um, something that you do once. It's something that's continuous. It's, it's your lifestyle. It becomes, like, it's just as important as breathing. Like you got to work on it literally every second of your of your existence, right? Um, before we wrap things up, can you leave our listeners with a statement to guide them on their journey? Anything uplifting or any message that you want to share with them um, that you've you know learned or practice on a daily basis? Hmm. I want to say, don't be afraid. To act. Don't don't exist in fear. Sit and really think about what's important to you in this life, what you want to do, and then make a plan and do it. Um, and and don't get stuck in the planning. Make sure that you follow through with an action. Um, and I also want to say, take the time and invest in your self growth. Um, it's okay to not know. It's okay to have mentors. It's okay to ask questions. Um, and it's okay to grow. Like, it's okay to have, you know, made a mistake and then pick yourself up and grow. Um, so definitely invest in, in yourself and in yourself. I want to thank you. But before I do that, I want to thank our listeners for joining us this week on the daps I'm tr i think i'm running with daps daps is going to be the the name of the show um because because it's still Derek asante podcast show right so i'm trying to use the acronym so daps um but a special thanks to our guests this week and please express your appreciation in the comments again and we'll make sure uh, that we sh she receives all the messages and and in the comments that you guys do share i'm not going to send her the bad comments so you can post those if you like but it's only the good things I'm going to share with her because that's what we're about over here. Um, before you leave, make sure you subscribe so you'll never miss another episode. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate your review and share your information with those that you value as well. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, 
uh, for more content and keep the conversations above average. Again, a special thanks to our guest, Shelly. It's been a blast and I want to thank you for sharing your experience with us and all the knowledge and wisdom that you were able to leave our listeners today. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you.